Hey guys. Hey everyone. This is Annie. And this is Gail. Listening to Heroes. And Zero. It's a true crime podcast. That's right. So here we are, Annie. Yep. You're in the pod lab again. And we're doing something a little bit different on this episode. That's right, because we went and had a strategy session. We did, and over we, a margarita. Yeah, hey, so the best as you ever. know, um, Annie and I, yes, we did. We, yeah, I was, I felt was great. Fun. We need to do it again. I know, right? At the end of the day, though, we did a little strategy of, you know, really, how can we get more listeners and um, obviously be more successful? And so we want to thank all of you that have been listening so far. But you know what? It would really help us if you would share this. Mm-hmm. Share this yeah. with your friends or on social media and, um, you know, we would just so appreciate it. And um, and as but, we were talking earlier, it's not that hard. You press a button. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. You don't have to write a letter, put right. a stamp on it, walk it to the No, you mailbox. just press a button. It's so yep. much easier. Life is easier today. But I'll say, um, so we've decided that we're going to do some... Um, a little bit of different things. So obviously we'll continue on with our true crime stories as is. Mm-hmm. However, we're now going to add in a few things um, like today's episode. Today's episode, Annie and I have each picked a couple of stories mm-hmm. that we're going to read a little bit about and then just have a little discussion. So just have some true crime articles that, that are like currently going on right, right. now. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And speaking of going on right now, I did want to give our updates a list, uh, an update, our listeners an update. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, <laughs> And we've recorded the part for of a Annie while is now. now being played by Gail. I know <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> it wasn't mine. And so, um, anyway, speaking of updating and stories and current, right. is that I noticed that on um, our last little update where we talked, we had talked about the woman in Philadelphia that was raped on the train. Right. And we had given an update on Gabby and Xavier. The and so thing that's different though about yes, Gabby. So, well, there's a couple of things. Number okay. one on Xavier Harold. Mm -hmm. As you know, they did find his body. However, they still have not. For our listeners, I said we'd give an update when they released the autopsy and cause of death. They still have not chosen to release that. So they said until the autopsy is done, they will not announce what they believe the cause of death is. So to our listeners, stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Keep praying for his family and wrapping Mm -hmm. him in your love and thoughts and prayers, right? Mm But I wanted to let you know we haven't heard yet about Xavier. And then Gabby, though. I mean, we literally finished the update last time talking about Gabby and that they her her boyfriend, Brian, remember, was missing. They had found her remains, but Mm -hmm. now he's missing and they they couldn't find him. And, you know, they had brought in Dog the Bounty Hunter and all of that. I think it was um, that night we released it. that night we released it we because we recorded pretty close to release so we yeah. recorded and it released and then the very next day or that night the there's another update that uh, yeah that brian didn't get to report on. right that brian's remains were found so yeah you know for our listeners that maybe were under a rock and didn't know this um brian laundry's remains were found mm-hmm. now what I find interesting is I hear that that's the day the parents took them to that spot. Mm-hmm. I've heard that it was underwater. However, that most um, dogs, sniffing dogs, can sniff out under like 12 feet. So they should have been able to sniff that. Mm. And just interesting of mm-hmm. his backpack, his journal, everything was there. But, of course, he's not. And, you know, it was also interesting that 
Number one, the dogs never picked up on it, even if it was underwater. And number two, that the parents happened to be there that day. His parents. Right. They, they, they led, led authorities them. to where they thought his body would be. I know. Right? Don't you think that's weird? I thought it was very weird. It sounds really Very odd. suspicious. It is suspicious. So mm-hmm. I guess here's what's sad about this whole shitty thing mm-hmm. is, is there really any closure? Yeah. Both there's people not, are dead now. Right. I mean, there's no closure for the parents of either side, not of Gabby's or of now Brian's. Yeah. How are they going to find out what really, really happened? And there's no closure for all of, of for the crime. There was right. no closure for the crime. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what is really hard, I bet, on mm-hmm. the remaining family and friends of these people because they just needed closure so bad. And we'll have a lot of questions now. Yeah. How but, disheartening, you know, to know that something obviously I know. Someone I wonder. Killed her. I wonder if detectives, now that we know he's dead and we suspect that he was the one that killed him, will they just stop the investigation and be like, "Oh, we're going to close this"? I don't, I don't, or do you think they're going to keep it. it open? No, I think they're going to keep it open. I hope they I do. Mean, my guess, because you know, I'm such an expert because I watch so much TV, is that the, it's it's still an unsolved crime, right? So it has to be considered an That's open true. open case. So. All right. Well, well, then we'll keep telling you more about it. This <laughs> unsolved true we, crime. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, on speaking of the current news and what's going on, we wanted to give you an update of Gavier, Gabe, Gabby and Xavier. Or Gavier. Or Gavier. And, um, Angelina. And then I wanted to share a little uh, a story okay. that I thought was very timely when speaking about Gabby. So, okay. as you know, when we spoke last about Gabby's story, we learned... The acronym STAN, S-T-A-N, right? That stands for Send Send the Authorities authorities Now, now, right? So if somebody writes you or says something to you, Mm -hmm. you know, that they are, you know, chances are they they need help and they can't say to whoever's around it, right? Right. And so um, I found this was very interesting because, um, well, listen to it. All right. A North a missing North Carolina teen was reportedly rescued after she used a viral TikTok hand gesture to indicate that she was in danger and needed help. Oh, wow. The fourteen year old was found in Kentucky on Thursday. Now this just happened, um, after a nine one one caller reported that a female passenger riding in the car ahead of them was using the signals. Now, this was from Fox 8 News had reported this. And this original story, by the way, was from Insider News um, and was published on November 6th. So just to give you a little bit of time date there. So, um, yeah. So according to the county sheriff, the Laurel County Sheriff's Office, investigators on the scene found the driver. It was 61-year-old Herbert Brick, Herbert Brick, in possession of a photo of the teen engaged in sex acts. The teen was first reported missing by her parents in at Asheville, North Carolina, on Tuesday, according to the report. Investigators discovered that Brick had driven with the girl to Ohio, though promptly left when relatives of Brick expressed concern about her age 
and discovered that she had been reported missing. Well, yeah, I'd hope they would. Anyway, Brick is right now being currently held at the Laurel County Correctional Center where he was arrested for unlawful imprisonment and possession of content showing sexual activity by a minor. Okay, so obviously this guy is guilty. Yep, so he's guilty. So let's talk about these hand signals. That's what I was going to ask. So the signals. It's going on. A mix of these hand signals Mm -hmm. um, of three hand gestures. So it's a mix of three different hand gestures that convey there's violence at home or I need help or there's domestic violence. So okay, see if you can do the hand. Do you know the hand yep, gestures? I do. You can do them, and then I can try yeah, to describe it. Yeah, we can try it. to describe it. Absolutely. Okay. And then we'll also on our our web, our, not our website, but our Facebook page yeah. and Instagram, we'll put a picture of what the hand yeah, signals are. Good okay? deal. And how you do. Sorry, it. damn it. Okay, so again, this hand. Okay. If you ever see somebody doing this hand signal, it means again they can't physically tell you they need help. And they, they, um, maybe they, maybe they can't even, you can't hear them. They're in the next car like this guy uh-huh. was, right? Right. And so you can't use the word stand. Right. right. So this is a hand signal that's out there uh, to really say, I need help. And so um, this and again, I was telling you it was on TikTok. And in this popular video, it now has been vil- viewed more than 3.3 million times. I know our audience now will be aware of this also. Um, well, what a uh, useful, I know. useful tool. And so um, this woman really demonstrates, you know, how to subtly use these, these hand signals. And she's using them. Um, as if there's an abusive spouse in the background and she's talking to her friend and he's listening though. So the word Stan would be out of line. And so she actually puts her up. So, you know, just so you know, these this hand signal first started really circulating in June of 2020 um, when rates of domestic violence really increased globally due to the coronavirus lockdown. So it's a really sad thing, but mm-hmm. due to that lockdown, there are so many things. Mental health is de- yeah. you know have declined. Suicides are up. Domestic violence was up also. And I don't know if this has anything to even relate to it, but I was just thinking of the whole Me Too movement that was going on. Hopefully that empowered a few women to get out of those situations and to create this TikTok video. Absolutely, maybe. Absolutely. So, and in fact, um, because of the lockdowns, there were so many victims trapped inside with their abusers. So it's just really hard. And according to the United Nations, cases of domestic abuse increased by upwards of 20% during the lockdown. Jeepers. Yeah. And um, it's really a disturbing trend it's what they call the shadow pandemic meaning any of these pandemic you know the suicide is a shadow pandemic mm-hmm. the rise of suicides all these mental yeah. health all of it and so in the US the heightened rate of abuse is increasingly leading to deaths in fact Last week, Iowa alone, you know, we live in Iowa, Iowa alone reported that 17 people had died at the hands of domestic violence in 2021. You know, when you really think about that, 17 people, you go, oh, is that really that many? What if it was your mom, sister, best friend, daughter, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, this, by the way, is the highest rate the state has ever reported since 2010. So it actually was higher in 2010, went down, and now uh, went up during the pandemic. And so TikTokers have really continued to share this 
I consider it a public service post. Right. Um, showing people how to use these signals to really raise awareness. Can and we attach that link to that absolutely, TikTok video, you think? Absolutely. Okay. And um, it obviously proved vital in saving right. this, this teenager. And, um, you know, uh, many people say, well, I have never seen this before, but it only works if we all know what it's about, right? right? That's the thing. So it's really, really important to be able to share. So let me kind of hold up my fingers and, okay. and share gonna... with you um, what it's really like all about. So first of all. Okay. It looks like she's like how? <laughs> high five. High five. Yep. Yeah. So her, her four fingers are very upright. Her palm is facing outward, like facing me. I'm looking at her. Yep. And her thumb is sticking out like. You know, it's not close up against her hand. It's, yep. So if so I it's was like a letter L, kind of. So if I was in a mirror, I'd see my palm. Yep. And your four fingers going straight up. And if I was on a camera, the camera would see the palm, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. in any way, just hold your hand up in a high five, like you're getting yep. ready to give somebody a high five. Yep. High five, okay. right? Yep. There's That's that. That's gesture number one. Then take your thumb. Uh huh. And. and Tuck it in. And bring it over in front of your, on your palm. Yeah. So it's underneath all four fingers. Yep. Okay. Yep. So cross your thumb over your palm. Right. Mm -hmm. Tuck your thumb. And then the third step is simply trap the thumb. Bring your fingers down over the thumb. Okay. So if I'm on, and you'll see in the video that we attach, so we'll not only give you these three gestures that in a little, you know, Mm -hmm. little marketing like flyer looking thing but i don't know what that was but anyway they do the video where the girl you can tell there's a husband or somebody pacing in the background and so she's pretending she's on a zoom call with one of her friends and so she just kind of like holds up and does this the high five she brings the thumb over in front and then she folds her four fingers down over the thumb to trap it mm-hmm. and so she just kind of does that once or twice you can just see her kind of doing this purposely so that the girl actually sees that it's three gestures and not just like, oh, I'm just tired. I'm making a fist or, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. So, again, um, I thought this was really timely because we just learned about Stan and I um, had heard about this a while ago, but I'd actually forgotten. And when I read this article that just here in the last couple weeks in North Carolina, a girl was actually saved in a car. And by the way, in the articles that I've read on this, she says that she actually did this, um, you know, this actual signal um, quite a few times before... Before someone that saw it mm-hmm, got it. Exactly. So that's the story, is, is that there was a car of a younger car, people yeah, behind her? Finally coming, or somebody, yeah, so, some woman recognized the signal Recognized finally, the signal. And called 911. Oh my gosh. And 911 And then so she probably over. then could take down the license plate maybe? Right, and so then they pulled them, yeah, that's what she did. Okay. And, they, and the description of the car, they pulled them over and that's when they found the girl. images, girl, but also images of her okay. sexual acts and the fact with that them. she had been missing right. there's going to be, be a report yeah. out there for police to Isn't like, that oh, crazy that is amazing but i think it's amazing but it yeah. goes back to i have heard this uh and it probably i don't know 6 8 months ago it was before gabby right uh-huh. and now it came to, like the fact that it actually saved somebody's life made me go we've got to talk about this absolutely we've got to talk about this it so. makes me think i just kept thinking about the little articles i found like pfft. They're nothing compared to the, the useful information that that well, is. Well, this is but pretty, you have to know what you're looking at. Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. what's so important that we need. 
pictures. We need to hear about it. We need to actually see it. Yeah. Can you believe, though, that this young saved woman saved herself by kept doing the signal and that finally someone driving by understood what the signal is? So. That's incredible. So, yeah. So, if you Yay. are Let's listening share to that. our podcast, will you share that information with mm-hmm. your wife, with your daughters, with your right. sisters, your moms, and, and with everybody, though, that you know that's not an abuser? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't tell them what that means. Don't tell them. (laughs) Here's a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. But other than that, so yeah, so that is Annie, awesome. Gail. Tell me, let's well, let's hear one of your articles this is, and come to true it's crime. Not a funny article, but it oh, is I don't funny. think it was mine. No, was funny. No, no, but. no. I was going to say, but what's kind of funny is that I was at the dentist office. Yes. Gosh, was it just yesterday? Day before yesterday, and I had my front tooth replaced because I anyway broke it. Then. They put the permanent she crown on yesterday. real sexy, kids. Oh, my God. Real sexy. Oh, I have the funniest video that if I weren't so embarrassed, I would yes, publish it, right. post it somewhere. My name's Danny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. My granddaughter did a perfect, oh, my gosh, made us laugh. But I was at the dentist, and I could hear this guy next door to me in the you know the little room next to me and he comes in he goes that true crime stuff i was out there listening i mean seriously he was kind are of you shitting me no. and he goes i was out there watching that and there was just and he told the story and i'm like and you could tell that the whatever the dental assistant mm-hmm okay sir i want you to do this but i mean completely disregarded everything he was saying you could tell just he a was little, probably disappointed he was yeah and, he was and so excited kind of probably made even feel a little silly for talking about it because she just completely washed over him ignored it and said you know okay we're gonna do this and that and i'm like hey I'm going to look that up. So Dude, I looked it up. I was going to say, I would have hollered over the wall. Hey, I love true crime too. Tell me more. <laughs> well, when they have their their fingers in your mouth, you can't say anything. That's but, true. So, so, but I, I did say at some point, I said, thanks for the tip. I got, <laughs> I got my I got, own podcast. I got, I got a case for day after tomorrow. <laughs> so, but it's kind of sad. Okay, because so you heard this because you're at the dentist. I'm and at the dentist office. So then okay. I Googled it and it says, Texas woman pulls gun on seven-year-old trick-or-treater. What? A woman in Texas was detained and this came from, uh, Where is it at? The Washington Examiner. So a woman in Texas, she was detained Sunday. Right. You know, we just had Halloween trick or treat after allegedly pointing a gun at a child who came to her home to go trick or treating. Monica Bradford. She's only 35. I'm thinking like, oh, maybe this lady's like late 80s, early 90s. Maybe she's scared. scared. Nope. She was 35. She was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. For pointing a gun on the seven-year-old trick-or-treater, according to the Hayes County deputies. I was in shock, Bradford's neighbor said. It's Halloween. There are kids everywhere. How can somebody just come out with a weapon and scare these kids? So apparently, this little boy walked up onto her porch, rang the doorbell, and she answers the door, opens it. She has a gun in his face saying, leave, or I'm going to shoot you. And what was he dressed as? Let's see. Did uh, they say that? Because right there you go, well, was it because of the way uh, he was no. dressed? It says, Bradford's home reportedly had its front light on and appeared as if it welcomed trick-or-treaters, neighbor said. 
A father took his children to the end of her driveway, which caused the incident to escalate and prompted Bradford to brandish her gun, according to a report. Police arrived on the scene, and the child who stared down the barrel of Bradford's gun was not injured, authorities said. There were cops at the end of our street, a neighbor said. They stopped us and said nobody's allowed to go down the street. There's an incident with a gun involved. This was not the first time authorities have responded to Bradford's home, and the neighbor said the police came prepared. Some had guns drawn, some just had their rifles at the ready. So she had already, she was known by the police of not apparently being the friendliest. Okay. And that looks like the end of that story. <laughs> what the fuck is that story? <laughs> How terrible. Though that a little kid, seven years old, wants to go trick-or-treating. And she pulls a gun on him. So, so yeah. number one, thank gosh that nobody killed, he didn't get killed in any way. But number two, I guess it makes me... I do want to know what he was dressed as, and was he the first trick-or-treater, or was she just fed up at this time? No idea. A lot of good questions right there. Right. But I think that it's just the asinineness of... What is our world coming to? You're going to pull a gun on a trick-or-treater. Right. So there's either some mental st- instability there, obviously, I think, regardless I think there of is. what she had been going through, or if it was the 150th time the doorbell was rang, you know what? Why didn't you shut your light off? It's Halloween. It's trick or treat night in your community. So, or just don't answer your door. Don't answer or, your but again, door. I, I assume there's some mental illness. So, there. see that little article that I just read? It wasn't quite as interesting and helpful and useful and practical as Gail. So, but I love it. It's interesting. I, well, here's the deal. The thing is, is that number one, I love Halloween. And if, for those of you Me that too. didn't know, I dressed as a, a security. I was a police yes, officer. Yes, you did. SWAT I was Tammy security. And so when you think about that, I could have been there and helped out. What's your next story, my dear? All right. My next one is also one that um, is just uh, actually makes me very happy. Oh, that's good. Um, but it is, um, it can be a little much also. So, but okay. the good news is there is a, um, there's a hero in this story. It's a good, a good ending. So I, I love that. So okay. this was from the New York Post, just so you know. Okay. This from uh, the New York Post. And um, this also was just um, around November 4th when I saw this. And um, this, I don't know if you've heard this, but um it's, it's pretty powerful. So, on a windswept patch of beach in the remote campsite of in Western Australia, mm. Ellie Smith woke up on a Saturday morning in October, ready for a day of bike riding and swimming with her two young daughters. Smith and her partner, Jake Glidden, had just arrived at the Blowholes campsite near Cameron. It's about 550 miles north of Perth, Australia. And they had arrived at this campsite about the, the day before, mm-hmm. and they had big plans to teach their four-year-old little Cleo how to swim and watch uh, her make sandcastles. Um, Aw, good family yeah. day out. I know, right? Just a lot of fun there. But... As the morning sun lit up the campsite, Smith realized something was terribly wrong. The zipper to her daughter's section on the tent was gaping open, and little Cleo, who'd been asleep beside her baby sister Isla, had vanished. Mm. I tunneled around to Jake and just said, Cleo's gone, Smith recalled to a local media through tears several days after Cleo went missing on October 16th. 
I would never wish for anyone to wake up and feel that feeling that went through me. I just can't explain it to you. Both Smith and Glidden fanned across the campsites in hopes that Cleo had just wandered off. But for 18 days, she remained missing until she turned up just last Wednesday. What? She was inside. How old was she? Right? She was inside of a, of a, uh, it's pronounced, I can't, Carnivorn House. It's C-A-R-N-A-R-V-O-N. I could be way off. Um, and by the way, this house, bottom line, was less than 10 minutes. Um, from the campground? From her home. From her home? From her home, right? Um, and by the way, Cleo was four years old. You'd okay. asked how old she was, yeah. right? And so, um, they... Uh, the local Western Australian police deputy, the commissioner, um, Colonel Blanche, he told the local media um, after the child was safely reunited with her family that, you know, truly we were looking for a needle in a haystack and we found it. Hmm. This is the outcome we all hoped and prayed for. We'll have more to say on the rescue of Cleo as the day unfolds. For now, let's welcome home Cleo. The rescue. So she wasn't just dropped off at her house? It says little is known about the 18 days that Cleo was kidnapped, but 36-year-old Terrace Kelly has been charged in connection with her Darris appearance. Disappearance. The oh, local, I was like, who's Dara? That local man was apparently obsessed with Bratz dolls. You know, it's kind of like a Barbie uh-huh. doll for our listeners. Yeah. They're, they're they Barbie like big dolls, heads big and heads. big eyes. Yep, Bratz dolls. And he posted images to his social media account showing him driving around with toys or posting with the figurines while wearing Bratz doll t-shirts. Oh, my gosh. Seems a little odd. But a little. His neighbor, Henry Dodd, told the outlet that he saw Kelly about a week before Cleo was rescued with a dozen dolls in the backseat of his mm. dark blue Mazda. When Cleo was recovered early Wednesday, seemingly unharmed, police found her in a room alone playing with toys. Kelly appeared in the court in court on Thursday. He was barefoot wearing a t-shirt and he faces charges in connections with kidnapping and forcibly taking a child under 16. So, and Kelly was very angry. He yelled, what the fuck are the media doing here during the hearing? He was very upset about the large media presence there. And he actually shouted out, I'm coming for you. So he's obviously also extremely unstable, right? And so aside from the outburst, Kelly hardly spoke, though, during the hearing, and he showed little emotion. He nodded to indicate to the judge that he understood the charges, and um, his attorney did not make any applications for bail. Um, he was um, he remained in custody, and he's due back in court in December. So I'm sure we'll find out more yeah. from December. But it says, from the police perspective, we're backing away from the conversations around Cleo and really focusing on how did this happen? Mm-hmm. Who was involved and what happened in those 18 days? And what evidence do we have from each and every one of those 18 days forensically? Blanche told an, uh, the ABC Radio Perth. There's a real huge investigation going on with the same task force members, and that is to retrace those steps that led to that house of where we found Cleo. The charges police brought followed 30 hours of interrogation after Kelly was taken into custody late Tuesday. 
But for 18 days, investigators from across Australia searched the country in desperate, frenzied race to find her. From the moment Cleo's mother, Smith, called police to report her missing about 6.20 a.m. on October 16th, search crews scoured the air, the sea, and the land for the child. They canvassed the rugged area near the coastline where she went missing and immediately treated the disappearance as an abduction. Given the information now that we've gleaned from the scene, the fact that the search has gone on for this period of time and we haven't been able to locate her, it leads us to believe that she was taken from the tent, Rob Wild. He was a detective superintendent with the Western Australian Police. And this was about six days after she was reported missing is when they said everything gathered, you know, it's mm-hmm. still, she was taken from the tent, but we haven't found her. So that same day, the Western Australian government offered a $1 million reward for information leading to her rescue. Um, as then, you know, their, her family, parents, they made numerous television appearances to issue really desperate pleas to help find my child. Um how did someone just come into that tent and take Cleo? How? How could someone feel that they could do that to someone? How could someone take a child's, her mom said during the news conference, obviously through a lot of tears. She says, if you know anything, anything at all, call the police because we want our daughter back and she needs us. Our daughter Isla needs her big sister. We need her home. Maybe it's Isla. Okay, whatever. For more than two weeks. (laughs) Just thinking how the spelling and like, oh, you know, I remember someone. For more than two weeks, cops combed through surveillance footage, scoured the dark web, sorted through trash and searched Smith's home and and meaning the moms, right? The parents home. And um, they door knocked on houses after houses until their investigation led them to a quiet neighborhood that Tuesday night. With a tip-off from a public from the public that was collaborated corroborated with cellular data, <laughs> police tracked Kelly down at his home and waited for him to leave in a car before they pulled it over. They ripped him out and they threw him on the ground where he was handcuffed. About an hour later, they busted down the door to Kelly's home and found little Cleo inside alone, apparently unharmed. What's your name? A police officer asked the child. What's your name, little sweetheart? He had asked when he found her in the room. My my name is Cleo, the girl replied. Your name oh is gosh. Cleo. You're all right, bubbly. Hello, Cleo. Um, or you're all right, bubby. You know, like a buddy, uh-huh, bubby. Yeah. Uh, hello, well, Cleo. Well, we are in Australia there. That's true. Um, and they... That's what he had said to her before right. he scooped her into his arms and, and transported what her to a local... What a happy local, feeling. I know, right? I mean, cops always have this, to and this never happens. tragedies right. to the family. It, absolutely. So it said awesome. that um, uh, her, you know, the mom, the Smiths, took to Instagram to share that their daughter was found and writing that our family is whole again and, Aww. you know, obviously a heart emoji. And in a news conference following the rescue, um, the Western Australia Police Minister, Paul Papalia, mm-hmm. accredited the happy ending to relentless police work and a team of investigators who worked night and day and at this time 
and during this time really didn't sleep, he said, until Cleo was recovered. Cleo's rescue was not the result of an accidental sighting or a suspicious event. It was the result of a hard police grind. Mm -hmm. They have performed magnificently well, and the care that they showed, they were beautifully tender with her, wonderful servants of the public, and we should all be proud of them. That's amazing to get that kind of review when we don't always hear that. Exactly. While Cleo still needs to be interviewed by child specialists to figure out what exactly happened to her in these 18 days she was missing, police say they were astonished at how well she was doing Mm -hmm. and shared an image of her gleaming from a hospital bed eating an orange popsicle. I'm sure that it has had quite an impact, but just to see her behaving quite naturally like a four-year-old girl should... And just enjoying being in the presence of her little sister and her family, it was so good to see, said Detective Senior Sergeant Cleo in the house. And he told local media following the visit with her and her family, I can only see her on the outside, but from that point of view, I'm amazed that she seems to be so well adjusted and happy. And it really was heartwarming to see that she's still bubbly and Mm -hmm. she's still laughing. Amazing. You know, the thing I kept thinking is that, well, lots of different things, but okay, she's behaving normally at the hospital. She behaved kind of normally when the cops walked in. So if she had been abused or something traumatizing would have happened to her, that I think she would have behaved differently. So, okay, well, that's good. So she probably wasn't sexually molested or, you know, she there was no physical sign of harm. But then again, why did this guy take her? And why is he so obsessed with the brat dolls? Does that have anything to do with her? And what? Why? I mean, because I was thinking parents, you know, you try to do your best to watch over your children and you leave your, you know, your child, your four-year-old and the baby alone in the tent because they're, they're napping and you have it zipped up. Nothing can prepare you for, well, some weirdo that really is addicted or uh, what do you want to call it whether they're so obsessed obsessed Mm -hmm. with Bratz dolls that they might kidnap your four year old little girl and what well and it could be again a mentally unstable boy that that wanted a kid to play with them right and true I mean but how did he I mean I'm so looking forward to hearing the details in December yeah because at the end of the day somehow he lived less than 10 miles from her home, but they were not at home. They were at a campsite. And how did he pick her out of this campsite? And I bet you've seen it before. Like you, it's just crazy. It's crazy. But I, I do know that, you know, when she said, you know, my name is Chloe, they said that all the police officers and then there, they were all crying. None of them had a dry eye that, um, that in fact, somebody said the morning, that morning I've seen, I, that, this morning, I saw more seasoned detectives cry than I ever have, right? Aww. And so, it it is pretty Yay. amazing. And I, I guess the video, because there's an, a video audio, he's wearing a camera, and he's like, what's your name, sweetheart? And she goes, my, my, my name's Cleo. And just Aww. the cuteness and the sweetness. And, right. Um, yeah. So, as we know, Kelly's um, in custody, and he'll be due in court on December 6th. So, okay. we'll give an update on this, because I want to understand... 
why and how yeah. and where and all of and that what's stuff. the guy's story why yeah. why did he think it was okay to go take this little girl <laughs> yeah i all agree right. i agree well so, good job good job there yeah Gailey. so there oh, i hope our listeners love this uh, little different format I do you want to wrap it up with this one or go well i think this insp- i haven't even read it it's probably pretty uh short but um let's wrap it up with one last one it's from oxygen true crime and um Oh, it has lots of other stories. I see Britney Spears, Gabby Petito, family crimes, etc. But this one I'm going to do is a lot less interesting. Man pleads guilty to putting razor blades in pizza dough sold at supermarkets. How come you get all the good stories and I like well, randomly found some dumb know, shit? I don't know, but here's the concern. is Number one, you could have been hungry because you did Halloween and sounds I'll, candy. Oh, and, now, and now razor blades in pizza dough. And when I think of I'm razor sorry. blades, I think of razor blades in candy. Remember back in the yeah, Halloween days exactly. when they used to, to make you take your candy to an x-ray because people were putting razor blades in apples? Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, there was a... a a story my daughter-in-law listened to recently that was about those candy sizzle, those swizzle sticks or whatever. They have pixie dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's pixie sticks. Fun, fun dip. Yeah, that. Well, th- though this is like the long straw. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That has all the powder, sugary yeah. powder in it. Yeah. That someone had put arsenic, I think, in <gasps> those. Yeah. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah, so, but that's not this story. Okay, what is this? This one is Nicholas Mitchell's agreement calls for a sentence of up to four years and nine months for the crime that led to a recall of pizza dough at Hannaford supermarkets in five states. Whoa, five states. A man accused of putting razor blades and screws, holy crap, in pizza dough at supermarkets in Maine and New Hampshire. New Hampshire's my my state I want to move to. Pled guilty Thursday to a federal court of tampering with consumer product. Nicholas Mitchell's agreement calls for a sentence of up to four years and nine months for that crime. And it, it later the recall for the supermarket's dough later extended to Shaw's and Star Markets. No. Oh, I've heard of Shaw's. Have you? Mm-hmm. Mitchell is 39 of Dover, New Hampshire. Oh, no. It was Dover, Massachusetts or Dover, Dover New, New Hampshire? Hampshire was arrested in October. I paused because I had just found a house but it was in Deering, New Hampshire. Okay. That was, I think, close to Dover. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that could have been my hometown. Just kidding. It wasn't. It isn't. New Hampshire was found arrested. Was was arrested. Oh my gosh. Mitchell, 39, of Dover, New Hampshire, was arrested in October 2020 after razor blades were found in pizza dough. Sold it to, so they keep repeating this. Um, That's why we read the articles before we read them out loud. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> three okay three customers bought the tainted product in seiko and discovered the blades hidden in the dough the prosecutor said product tampering also occurred at the hannaford stores in sanford maine and dover new hampshire prompting investigators by the police department in those communities as well mitchell he was a former employee of it'll be pizza the Scarborough Maine Company makes several brands of dough, including the Portland Pie Company dough that was also allegedly tampered with. I have heard of that one. Mitchell, because I love pizza, Mitchell originally faced two counts of tampering with a consumer product, but one count was dropped under the agreement. Well, that sucks. He could have killed lots of people. I think once you take one bite, you're going to like spit it out and not die. But right. what an but asshole. Why would you do you that? You cut off your tongue. Exactly. That would suck. Mitchell said he will not appeal a sentence that is no greater than four years and nine months, according to court documents. The maximum penalty for product tampering is 10 years in prison, which he should get. 
if you ask me. A sentencing date has not yet been set. Okay. Uh, okay, so that's, razors that's and pizza crying. dough. What else kind of things do you remember? Um, we haven't heard about these types of things in a while, so that, no, pixie, that pixie straw dust stuff mm-hmm. surprises me because I haven't mm-hmm. heard that yet. But back when I was growing up, there were several of these types of things. The uh, one that's... I'm remembering. I think my children were small. Uh, yeah, what I'm remembering number one is the apples with the razor blades. Razor, razor in them. blades, and there was a big push where we all needed to take all of our candy to the uh-huh. get to it get X-rayed, an X-ray, right? Because wasn't there like a Snickers bar or something that they would slip the razor blades something in? Also, or yeah, and then broken glass. And then the other one I remember, um, and so our audience, what do you remember? But I remember also there was was it cyanide and Tylenol that somebody. Remember the Tylenol oh, yeah. was tampered with? Yeah. So there was something with Tylenol being tampered with. Right. And, then and that was not that long ago. I mean, oh. the, the child, the, the candy tampering, I think, was along, like, in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? But the, the Tylenol, I want to say, was in the 90s. Yeah. So yeah. still a long time ago. Well, I guess so, yeah. It may be, you know what it is? Maybe I just heard about it recently um, yeah. maybe they covered it up. i do want to so audience what do you Crazy. remember of hearing that things were tampered with and we all know that you know yes there's recalls of all sorts of things but this is really um uh and oh i remember it you know when we often find things like you know hormel chili found you know a rat's foot or something right. and you know again gross. that's the one-off <laughs> who knows what's happening there yeah but, um i what's sad is i've never eaten hormel chili ever because Ugh. once i heard that story that's what the idea of it. canned meat grosses me out i could ha- probably do it if i had never heard I that mean, story i eat canned tuna i can eat <laughs> well you know only soup i, I really like, like canned is chicken. tomato basil i like canned chicken for chicken salad so oh, there you go canned chicken works really well in in chicken tortilla soup fyi this is not a cooking show <laughs> hey but you get little hints tips. apparently i'm a little hungry and everything everywhere all right guys all well right. there's your update on gabby and xavier and of course uh a couple, a couple fun stories um, to ponder. Some weird sh- true crime crap going on all around us every it day. Is, it is. It is. And if you have something uh, that you'd call true crime crap, send it to us. Please we want to hear your crap. We want to hear your crap. We want to read your crap. <laughs> we'll talk about your crap. See you later, guys. Well, thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. again so much for joining us everyone be sure to stay connected with us on social media at both instagram and facebook our instagram is heroes zeros podcast and facebook heroes and zeros a true crime podcast and you can listen to our podcast episodes or support or donate money to us and you can send us your stories and just a lot more at our website which is Heroes and Zeros TrueCrime.com. Again, that's Heroes and Zeros TrueCrime.com. And you can email us also at Heroes to Zeros and More. That's the number two, Heroes to Zeros and More at gmail.com. Exactly. And you can also support us at our Patreon site now, which is Patreon.com slash heroes zeros thank you everyone bye